Welcome to Ready, Set, Action, Live with Barry Hollywood. I'm your host, producer, Barry Hollywood, also known as Barry Copeless, though producing many t different episodes to talk about the film industry locally in Winnipeg, Canada, and around the world. I'll be interviewing people from all the different departments that work in the movie industry, such as cameramen, directors, producers, writers, actors, background people, stunt people, people who worked with animals and special effects, and many more, including some authors too, that wrote books about the film industry. So I just want to get started by saying how I got started in the movie industry. It was back in 2005 that I answered an ad in the Winnipeg Sun. Unfortunately, the phone number in the ad was incorrect, so I had to phone the Winnipeg Sun for the correct phone number, and it put me in touch with a company in Regina, Saskatchewan called Partners in Motion. They've actually done a lot of productions for history television, and they're about to come to Winnipeg to the Western Aviation Museum, now the Royal Aviation Museum, out by the airport, to shoot a reenactment of a real aircraft disaster that happened in March of 1989, and they wanted to recreate the air crash in an Air Canada jet, and they paid $10,000 a day to use this jet in the museum. So I was cast as a character called Ricky Campbell coming back from a jazz gig in California, and it turned out I would be the hero because I would save a pregnant woman from dying right next to me. So I learned about how they do special effects when it comes to putting blood on me and make me look injured because the cameraman slash director named Chris Trifo, he was actually both positions and he had to coach me on what to do. The first couple of takes I didn't look hurt enough and I didn't show fear and so he had to coach me on how to look fearful and he put some what's called pig's blood, that's what they use to put blood on you, to you're bleeding. They don't use real blood, they use pig's blood. And so I got to learn how, how that was done. It was shot on a very hot summer day of 105 degrees. It was, a, again, a, a winter scene in March of 1989, so it was still winter here in Winnipeg. And we all had to be dressed up in winter outfits. I had to wear a sweater. The ladies had to wear wool dresses, and they were very hot. They wanted to die, but they said, no, you don't die, you survive, so you have to stay the whole day. And for that shoot, I got paid about $50. So I kind of got the acting bug after I did that. It was fun. I enjoyed it. got about $50 for the day, which is fine. I didn't know how much money you get for these kind of things. But it was fun to be in a movie. And when I actually saw the TV series, The Disaster of the Center on History Television, I didn't actually see it in person, but somebody said they saw me 30 seconds on camera, me looking fearful. And that video from Partners in Motion is now on YouTube, and I'll put the link in the chat. So that's how I got started in the movie industry. Now, after that, I discovered that there are casting companies in the city that cast you to work in film productions, either as a backgrounder, or it's also known as an extra in movies. And two of the companies I looked up and I discovered by talking to other people one was called Carrie Casting, which casts for TV, movies, or feature films. And another one that's quite well known is called Next Casting. And they cast for TV features and commercials. So those are the two main casting companies. I then made contact with them and 
found out what, what I need to do to get registered with them because I want to be working as a background on productions. So then it was in 2005 that next casting, they ca were casting for a movie called Capote, which was a really serious murder movie, and it was played by the lead actor named Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he actually got to win the Best Actor Oscar for Capote. So it was filmed in the Walker Theater, which is now the Burton Cummings Theater in Winnipeg downtown, and I had to be in an audience of a few hundred people and clap and applaud the reading that he read in Cold Blood, the excerpts on the stage. That's Philip Seymour Hoffman did that. And so I stayed there all day for eight hours. That was a volunteer position. I didn't mind it because I had fun in, in, the, in the production of the movie Capote, which I actually bought the DVD. I usually buy the DVDs if, if I can find the movies that are made in Winnipeg and they get part of my collection. So that was in 2005. And in 2005 also, the same summer, maybe later on, I actually worked in another production called Category 7. This was done by a company called VZ, VZS Pictures out of California, Hollywood. And they did a mini-series, four hours, on weather disasters. It was an incredible production. They had big fans. It generates wind. It was about tornadoes and hurricanes coming down on a city and you run for your life. And so that was quite an interesting shoot. It ran through all through the night, and I played a tourist in the first part of the production. Then when they discovered that I looked like a French gendarme police officer, they put me in a police outfit with another fellow that kind of looked like me. They thought I looked like Inspector Cluzo of the Pink Panther, and I kind of did with my mustache. So that was shot over on, just across from the Goldeyes parking lot, just off of... Uh, waterfront drive there and Provence and that was shot in the daytime we shot into the evening there and I saw how they do special effects in that production so that was a four-hour mini-series called Category 7 and I believe I also have the VHS or DVD of that one too another one that was shot in 2009 was The Good Life and this was a uh, taken over by Chris Klein because the people that were on the street on Notre Dame just opposite Portage Avenue didn't realize they needed to follow instructions and not use their Walkman listening to music while he was trying to instruct them what to do. And it was a celebration of a football game that they won. So Chris Klein was the main actor, but later on he became the director because he had to take over the crowd to get them to listen. And it wasn't until 2 o'clock in the morning that we got to go to the Marble Hotel and have our lunch. And that was because of delays and all the retakes and cuts because people didn't pay attention to the director or Chris Klein trying to get people to listen to the instructions. So that was in 2009. Now in 2011, I worked in another production called The Paper Nazis by Andrew Wall of Refugee 31 Films. And that was about a Nazi movement they discovered at Victoria Beach. He wrote a script. He put all the actors together. And in that production, I played John W. Defoe, a newspaper editor. The Winnipeg Tribune was the name of the newspaper at that time, back in 1932. And they put me in a vest and looked like a editor 
of the newspaper. I'd use a fountain pen with ink to write respondent letters back to the readers that sent me letters. So that was an interesting production. And that aired on MTS TV. We have a channel in Winnipeg that airs Winnipeg local made stories or Manitoba made stories. So that actually aired on MTS TV. Another one that also aired on MTS TV was the Book of Vaudeville, and that was done uh, in 2011. I think that was the fall, and that was shot at the Pantages Theater. So that was another one that was involved in a big audience there. It was about vaudeville acts, and they had the uh, stage at the Pantages Theater used for that. Now, in 2012, I was in another production called The First Winter that was done by Ryan McKenna, at the Winnipeg Film Group, and that's in that one I played a homeless man just off of the McLaren Hotel, just off Main Street, where I had to play a passed out homeless man, and people from the hotel that came outside thought I really needed ambulance. They said, no, that guy's just acting. We're making a movie here. So don't worry, he's okay. And in 2013, I actually worked in a movie called Mr. Hockey about Gordie Howe, and that we had to take a van, a bus, outside to Ports of Prairie and shoot through the night. We shot from 9 o'clock at night all the way through the night to the next morning about 1 o'clock p.m. in the afternoon. And they brought us back to Winnipeg in the bus. So we had to do shoots with that one. And at some points of the production, we got kind of bored. So some of us played a few rounds of poker. Other people just sat in a corner and went to sleep because we weren't called to set. Now, in 2013, I was another movie called Smiling Jack about Jack Layton. He was the leader of the NDP Party of Canada, and they filmed this movie at the Centennial Concert Hall, where I had to play a fan of Jack Layton, a campaign supporter, I guess, and that was uh, back in uh, 2014. 13, and that was produced by Eagle Vision. That same year, Danny Schur, a local producer of a play at Rainbow Stage called Strike the Musical, actually decided to do Strike the Documentary, Mike's Bloody Saturday documentary, and that was in 2013. I played a protester that tried to push over a streetcar because I was protesting the Winnipeg General Strike. And we got paid about $75 for that day. Again, not a lot of money, but the experience was great for me. So that was another one that I was in. And that aired on MTS TV. Now, in 2019, we had a major studio come here called 20th Century Fox. And they produced a movie called Breakthrough, a true story about a boy that fell through the ice in one of the states in the USA. And they had big name stars like Topher Grace from that 70s show. They had Chrissy Metz from This Is Us TV show, and Dennis Haysbert was also in the production. And we had about 400 extras in that production. And it was shot at the Grant Memorial Church over on Wilkes in South Winnipeg, Southwest Winnipeg. And that was a big production of the... Uh, production called Breakthrough, and that was a feature film, so that aired on the big screens across Canada and the USA. Now, back in 2019, I also worked in the fall 
in a movie called Welcome to Sudden Death. It was called Sudden Death, but they renamed it Welcome to Sudden Death. And that was starring Michael Jai White of Napoleon Dynamite. And that was a terrorism movie. We were all f- basketball fans in that particular one. And there was a terrorism incident that occurred. People were kidnapped. It was quite the movie because I saw how they do production special effects of guns and stuff like that. So there was a lot of smoke, guns firing off and all kinds of stuff. So that was a two-day shoot. I really enjoyed that. And in 2021, my final production was Bringing on Halloween, my first ever Hallmark production. They do a lot of Hallmark movies about 20 to 30 a year in the summertime in our city. And that was called Bringing on Halloween. And that was short in North Winnipeg where we had to play a football fan. We were cheering on the team and the cheerleaders. And that was, uh, that was probably a TV movie again on the Hallmark Channel. And one other movie that didn't get actually made, there's actually two that didn't get made, was Superfied, where I got discovered on the holding area where you wait to be called to set by John Gell, who made a movie called Superfied about the Super Mario Brothers game. And it was a takeoff of Fear and Love in Las Vegas. And he cast me when he walked up and said, you are my Luigi. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're my Luigi because I'm making a movie called Superfied and I want you in my movie as Luigi. So we found another Greek guy, shorter guy that played Mario and I looked like Luigi with my mustache and he put me in a green outfit and we shot for a couple of days. We actually went around Winnipeg in our outfits, red outfits for Mario and green outfit Luigi and he filmed us. The movie never got made because he couldn't get the camera people back to do some reshoots of the shots, so it never got made. Another movie that I did late 2021 in November, I believe, this is a graduate from the Oak Park School that does feature films production, and some of those productions have shown at the Toronto International Film Festival. Her name is Joanne Roberts. She actually made a movie, it never got released though, I don't think so, called Quarantine Actually, and in this production, which I recorded on my computer at home, I played a news anchor newscaster that told people about COVID not to go outside because it was dangerous. It was a 75-page script that she wrote. I still have the script, but she never got it produced because she got a job at CBC as a reporter. So she works there full-time as a CBC news reporter with CBC Television Manitoba. So congratulations for getting that. But unfortunately, the movie never got made. It was fun work in the production, but it never got made. I like the title that she got to, Quarantine Actually, probably take off of Love Actually, which I just saw last night on TV, and it's a Christmas movie. So this was a, a COVID-19 movie. And I've been in some feature films and some short films. I worked with a fellow, the Czech Republic, on a, mo- a short film called First Contact, where I played a mission control operator. He actually went to University of Winnipeg, did some courses there, and he does a lot of documentaries and short filmmaking. So that was kind of fun. Uh, I saw how he did mission control. He used some rooms at the University of Winnipeg to do that movie. So I've been in some other productions too. So that gives an idea about the list of productions I've done backgrounder work, or as it's called extras. Have you ever heard the word extra or background? It means the same thing. They use the terms interchangeably. But... Besides that, I've actually worked on the other side of the camera as a production assistant. 
So one day I was walking down Ellis Avenue. I happened to stop by an, uh, an alleyway uh, where it's near the Marlboro Hotel, and I saw a guy with a walkie-talkie. I assumed that he was working on film production because I know they use walkie-talkies on film production. So I asked him, I said, Oh, do you need anybody that does the job you're doing? And I think I might know the title of your job. It's a production assistant. As a matter of fact, we do. I am going to give you a phone number to call. You call this guy, Johnny Zabatic, on Friday, and you talk to him, and you can mention my name, and he'll get you set up. So I called Johnny Zabatic on Friday. I said, my name's Barry Copas. I just talked to a guy in the alley and said, you're looking for people to do production assistant work. I'm available. He said, well, can you show up at 6 a.m. Saturday morning at the Ledge Building and you're hired? I said, really? He said, yeah, you're hired. I, we need people like you. If you can follow instructions and uh, do stuff, I'll give you instructions on what your job dues will be. So I showed up about before 6 a.m. I did all the paperwork. And part of the job dues with, with me as a production assistant, some of the things I had to empty garbage baskets, uh, fire watch duty, which is guarding the trucks after they're closed down for the day. I do traffic control, both the pedestrian and vehicle traffic, and just watch that people are interrupting the shoot of the movie. So I learned a little bit about what production systems do. At one point on Waterfront Drive, I had to bring some stuff to the director. But most of my duties were doing duty of uh, traffic control. And so I did that. And I did work four days in the Grand Park area, Waterfront Drive, overall Main Street, and on Grant Avenue. Those are four locations. And for that four-day work, I got about $1,000 net, and I was called a permittee. So I got kind of union-like wages. I didn't get minimum wage, way above that. So that was kind of a nice paycheck to get $1,000 for the four-day work. I worked about 16, 18 hours. Crew works along shifts, but you do get breaks. They do feed you really well, more than the background people get. And you get to take the breaks whenever the crew breaks. The cameraman stop and take their breaks. It's all union-designed procedure. So I got to do that. And how I got to do that, you must take required courses from an organization called the Film Training Manitoba. They are authorized by the unions to teach these courses that what you need to know to work on film sets. And one of the courses I took was Set Etiquette. That's about $80. And I took another one called Wimis. I've actually taken three more additional ones to complete my five to be a full five-course person to work under the DGC union. And that's the union I work under with uh, production. There's other unions that I work in too. So that's uh, a little bit about me. Oh, and by the way, after I did the documentary with uh, Disaster Century, I discovered that the two casting companies that you need to connect with and register with are Carry Casting and Next Casting. At that time, they were the two main casting companies that you had to contact either by phone email them, send a headshot in with your resume or fill out a form, and they put you on file. So since then, we've had two more casting company sharp and I'll be talking about those in the future. So another thing that I want to do with this particular show is offer resources because I'm a very resourceful person finding information about how to get involved in the film industry and about film events and classes and workshops and seminars that go on. So I'll be talking about casting calls. And there are Facebook groups called the Winnipeg Edition Group. 
Winnipeg Actors Collective and the backgrounders that actually post casting calls in those groups. And you can find out about what they require, age-wise, look-wise, everything, availability-wise, whatever. And you can find that. So I'll be reading those casting calls, hopefully that'll be okay, on my show. And uh, there's a lot of casting calls throughout the year. Another thing I'll be doing, we have a lot of film festivals in our city throughout the year. For example, we have a big festival in Gimli called the Gimli Film Festival at the end of July. We have another one called the 40-Hour Film Festival put on by the Winnipeg Film Group, and that's in the summer too. We have another one called the Justice Film Festival, which is in the spring. And we have another one called the Human Rights Film Festival. We even have film festivals for the Indigenous people, and we have film festivals for the Pride people, the gay, lesbian, LGBTQ community. So we have a lot of film festivals in the city, as well as Christian film festivals. Don't, don't forget those. So we have a lot of festivals in the city, and I'll be maybe interviewing some of the people on my show to talk about their festival upcoming, if I can get them on before their festival happens and give them the publicity. Uh, another thing I'll be talking about is upcoming workshops. I'm going to be attending a two-day workshop on filmmaking or using camera in the new year, again, put on by Film Training Manitoba. And they do a lot of seminars, workshops, and courses as well as On Screen Manitoba has a big event in January every year, and it's a big event, a little bit on the expensive side, but that event, I forget what the name of it is, but I'll be announcing that one too. And besides that, I'll be actually talking about a film studio that our city now has, a big film studio, not big as the one Warner Brothers, Universal, Sony, but it's big enough for our city, so it's called Big Sky Studios, and that's over at Inkster, 10 minutes from the airport. And I hope to interview the CEO. I've actually made preliminary contact already to get them on the show to talk about the studio a little bit about, and maybe I can take even a tour. They opened up this past September, and it's a 137,000-square-foot studio with sound stages and all that kind of stuff there to, for people to use. So I'll be talking to them about that. And upcoming topics and guests on my show that I will have over the past two years since the COVID lockdown, I've attended a lot of webinars. And every webinar I attended, I always said, I'm looking to produce a podcast about the movie industry. Do you know anybody or yourself that works in the industry that would like to be on a podcast show? A lot of people said, I would like to be on your show. I previously worked in the film industry, or I currently work in the film industry. I know people that worked in the film industry. So I got about 50 plus contacts that I've listed in a little notebook on my phone with the RSA and some of them made contact already. Just to give an example, I've actually made contact with people in Calgary, Alberta that worked on production with Kevin Costner. He's a well-known actor, director. He does a lot of big productions in Hollywood and he shot some movies in Alberta. I think about the Lethbridge community there, some Westerns. He's actually on a movie production, TV production series called Yellowstone right now. And the other one, is Steven Spielberg, somebody in Calgary said, I actually got to work with Steven on E.T. I said, wow, really, E.T.? So I'll be bringing her on. I got her email address and all the kind of information about that one. And another person I connected with was a person that did special effects. She no longer works anymore, but she might be willing to come on my show to talk about working with George Lucas with the Lucas Film Production. He does a lot of special effects. He's got a big company called Lucas Film 
Enterprises, and he's done all the Star Wars franchises. So I got that one. And then the last one is somebody that I knew worked with Clint Eastwood, actually a boy, 12 years old, worked on a movie called Indian Horse that was filmed in Thunder Bay, and I might be able to interview Sky Pelte on my show to talk about what it was like working with a Hollywood great that goes way back to the Spaghetti Westerns, way back when, and he's done some pretty big productions too, both the director and actor, Clint Eastwood. So he worked with Clint Eastwood on this movie about indigenous story with Clint Eastwood back on Thunder Bay. So those are some topics I'm going to talk about. I'm going to interview people from departments like acting department, background department, camera production, writing department, directors, stunt people. We've got a local production coming to the city, Skeen family that does a lot of stunts. We're also going to interview special effects people, people with animals. We've got those people too. I was at an event in... Uh, Universal, and I got to meet some people that worked with animals, dogs, cats, birds, birds, all kinds of animals there. So I, so I did that. So I got some people lined up, even dolphins. I, I met somebody that worked with dolphins too on one of the webinars I attended. So those would be some of my upcoming topics. I'm not sure how often I'll do it, maybe once or twice a month, because I have another podcast I'm also going to be doing too. So this will be my third podcast, Ready, Set, Action. And the final thing I want to mention to you that I'll be talking about in an upcoming episode, just a quick summary of it. I actually made a trip to Hollywood this year, Los Angeles, and I actually got to go to three movie studios live. Well, they were shooting movies live, but didn't take part in the movies. But I got to see all the stages in Universal. That was in Culver City. No, that was not in Culver City. That was in... Uh, not Burbank. Burbank was Warner Brothers. That was, uh, I forget what city that was in, but it was not far from where I stayed at the hostel. And then Warner Brothers was in Burbank. So I interviewed, I, I filmed video and took pictures at Warner Brothers, at Universal, and Sony Pictures. And we did an hour, two hour tours on each one. I actually bought a book of the Warner Brothers as a souvenir. And I bought lots of souvenir gifts from Sony and Universal. So I'll be talking a lot about my trip, who I met there, the photographs I've taken, and I'll be posting those pictures and video clips on my different social media channels. So stay tuned for that. So it's going to be an exciting show. So stay tuned for this production of Ready, Set, Action, and we'll see you maybe in the movies. This is Barry Hollywood signing off for now. Goodbye.